Hello, my friends. Thank you for being here today. I am chatting with my friend Lauren Pinkston, and we are diving into the incredibly interesting history of the state of Ohio and what makes Ohio the best predictor of presidential election outcomes for decades. I have so many brain tingles for you, so let's dive in. I'm Sharon McMahon, and welcome to the Sharon Says So podcast. Lauren, I'm thrilled that you're here. I'm chatting today with my friend, Lauren Pinkston. Lauren, tell everybody just like a teeny little snippet about what you do. And I want to talk more about your work towards the end of the episode, but just give everybody a little taste of what it is that you do. Sure. My background is in education and then I studied international development and now I teach as a professor in a college of business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So nothing really connected, but it is all woven into kind of my life story of living abroad and working um, in the developing world. So now I'm back in the U.S. and trying to figure out how to not be weird and uh, (laughs) not not bow to people that I meet in the grocery store. But that's in a nutshell, outside of being a mom of three kids and one on the way and uh, a wife to a Michigan fan. That is, Mm -hmm. that is what I do. Mm. I want to talk more about some of the work you do with international development and and other things towards the end of this conversation, but I have a fun story I want to share with you today. I am on the edge of my seat. It's not every day you get to be a guest on your favorite podcast. (laughs) Well, this is a story um, about the state of Ohio. And why- you would give me Ohio after <laughs> I just told you my husband's a Michigan fan. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's right. I'm that's right. <laughs> this is designed to provoke marital angst. That was my goal. <laughs> How can I make Lord's husband angry? <laughs> I've already succeeded. I said the word Ohio. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. Have you heard this phrase that Ohio is a bellwether state when it comes to elections? No. That okay. Is new so, for me. All right. So, first of all, you're a college educated lady. Yeah. I've, I've had, I have a few degrees. I have a couple degrees. Do you know uh, about the origin of the word bellwether and what bellwether means? <sighs> I've I've told you before, you are my sensei and (laughs) (laughs) I, I love to be around people smarter than me. So I don't, I don't, don't no problem. I'm an Uh, Enneagram eight and I'm already swallowing my pride. (laughs) Okay. So a bellwether it's spelled B E L L W E T H E R. It's not Mm -hmm. weather like rain weather. So a bellwether is an indicator or a prediction or something that is used as like a harbinger of something to, to come. Right. Okay. So we look to a bellwether as something that might predict something like people use bellwethers when it comes to the stock market. So we know, for example, that when certain things happen in the world, the stock market goes down, right? Like those things are bellwethers of the stock market. Ohio for decades has been the state to predict essentially who will win the presidential election. Until 2020, right? Until 2020. I did know that. Yes. 2020 was an aberration, but Hmm. it is fascinating that for literally decades and decades and decades, Ohio has been the state, like as Ohio goes, so goes the election. 
Mm. And so I want to talk a little bit about why that has been and what makes Ohio a unique state and why it was really noteworthy that Ohio didn't predict the 2020 election. Oh, I've been wanting to know why. So yes, this is great. <laughs> so first of all, I was like, what does the word bellwether actually mean? Like, where does that come from? It's a weird word, right? Like it's a weird word. Where does that word come from? Well, I did some research and <laughs> the word comes from middle English and it was originally used to refer to the practice of placing a bell around the neck of a castrated ram and a castrated ram was known as a weather. And so okay. the belled weather, the ram who had a bell around its neck, the okay. belled weather would lead a flock of sheep. The other sheep would follow this ram around. And so then the shepherd could determine the location of his animals by listening for the sound of the bell around the weather's neck when the flock of sheep was out of sight. Huh. And so over time, this shepherding practice, animal husbandry practice of putting the, a bell around the neck of a weather started to refer to other things. It started to say, people started to use it in the context of predicting things. You could listen for the sound of the bell and predict where your flock was. And then they used the phrase bellwether to mean predictions of other things. So I mentioned the stock market, and now we use bellwether in relationship to politics and predicting elections as well. So I just thought that was super interesting that it has this like agricultural term and here yeah. we are using it in, mod in modern English now uh, in relationship to your husband's least favorite state of Ohio. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Ohio has developed this reputation of being the most important state to watch when it comes to presidential elections. Sometimes people will hear it referred to as a battleground state, or you'll hear Mm -hmm. it referred to as a swing state, Mm -hmm. right? And that's because it does not fall predictably to one side of the spectrum or the other. But it's not like California that is reliably a blue state or Mm -hmm. Alabama that's reliably a red state. Ohio swings back and forth. So for the last 14 straight elections, Ohio has predicted the presidency. And as we mentioned, it didn't in 2020, but it has only deviated by about two points from the national average. And it is very, very in line with this microcosm of what the country is thinking. So I found this quote really interesting. This is from some historians that wrote a book called Ohio, a history of the Buckeye state. Uh, (laughs) They said more than any other state, Ohio's population became a microcosm of the whole country due to migration patterns in the early statehood period. Here are two things that I learned when I was researching this. First of all, I'm sure as a college professor, you've heard of Case Western Reserve University, right? Yes. Yes. Like it is a prestigious college. And I did not know this, that there is an entire region of Ohio called the Western Reserve. Hmm. And it was a group of people from Connecticut who formed this sort of like who bought a lot of land in Mm -hmm. Ohio and referred to it as the Western Reserve. And even today, that section of Ohio, that is 3 million acres of Northeastern Ohio that was purchased, colonized by Mm -hmm. people from Connecticut, to this day, that section of Ohio votes very much like the state of Connecticut. Really? Hundreds of years later, Isn't that fascinating that hundreds of years later, they still vote like Connecticut votes? That is. uh, I mean, family roots run deep. But that's right. So so this would have been like the Western border of the U.S. before Manifest Destiny, before all the westward expansion stuff. Exactly. That's exactly right. So this was, Ohio was originally part of the Northwest Territory. You know, that happened in the 1800s. But this Western Reserve was actually purchased by people from Connecticut in the 1700s. So then when you have colonists from Connecticut, you have that same demographic group moving in part to this Western reserve of Ohio, and then they have children, they have children, they have children, their descendants, you tend to take on many of the same belief systems Mm -hmm. as your family of origin. Also, just little side note: Case Western Reserve, the university was founded in part by a man named Leonard Case who was a philanthropist who saw the the boom of Ohio in the early 1800s, like 1830s. He saw how important the Ohio cities are, Mm -hmm. its geographic location on the Great Lakes. Mm -hmm. And he really wanted to invest in a top-notch university in that region. And so it was called Case Western Reserve eventually, you know, it started out as like a polytechnic university. It joined forces with other more liberal arts schools. Now it's a very prestigious college, but Western Reserve is an actual geographic term in Ohio Hmm. and Case 
is the last name of the Leonard man. Case. Wow. Isn't and that interesting? There you go. Yes, I love it. <laughs> I, love, I love history. Oh, so do I. There's also another important region in Ohio that makes it interesting. And this is part of why Ohio has been able to predict presidential elections is because it is not dominated by one group. It's not dominated by one industry and it's not dominated by one religious organization. It has demographically diverse group of people that live there. So there's another region in Southern Ohio called the Virginia Military District that was over 4 million acres of land that used to belong to the state of Virginia. And instead of paying Revolutionary War veterans in cash, the state of Virginia gave them plots of land Hmm. in Ohio. So you had a lot of Again, the demographically similar mm-hmm. people to who, who were living in Virginia then moved to that region. So mm-hmm. it just speaks to that, that diversity of viewpoint and diversity of uh, family lineage when you have one state that now has a big chunk of people who were from Connecticut mm-hmm. and a big chunk of people who were from Virginia now all uh, living in what, be- what became a state in 1803. Okay. So statehood was 1803 and they suddenly have to learn how to get along and be united in one, one one state. land. Okay. And to this day, what was part of the Virginia military district still has very, very demographically similar voting patterns to the American South. Hmm. Hundreds of years later, these are revolutionary war veterans who are still impacting the politics of a region. Hmm. I just find that super fascinating that what we do today has a potential to impact people hundreds of years later. Right. And how connected we are to so many generations before us when we think that we are our own people and our worldview (laughs) is the right way and how, how much we are affected by the people who formed our culture and our way of life. A hundred percent. And we don't realize it. We don't realize it. We don't realize how much we're being impacted by the people who came before us and how shaped we are by our geography. Yes. I, that is so, so yes. Geopolitics is so fascinating. I just find it really, really fascinating. We have all had embarrassing moments where something didn't smell quite right. And if you have any children or people in your lives who have stinky toes, stinky feet, and those stinky shoes pile up by the door of your house. And then when people come over, they're like, um, your house smells weird. There's a solution for that. And it is not necessarily spraying down your house with disinfectant. It is taking care of the smell at the source by using Lumi on places like the people in your house's stinky feet. It is a whole body deodorant. It is safe to use anywhere on your body. It was created by a doctor who saw firsthand how stinky feet and other body parts are often misdiagnosed as problems when in reality, you could just use a product like Lumi and it would take care of the issue. 
It has been clinically proven to block odor all day and control odor for up to 72 hours. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, a cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code SHARON at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code SHARON. We hear from a lot of interesting people on this podcast, and I know that I am always hungry for more. And what if you could learn from the world's best all in one place? Guess what? You can. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with over 200 of the world's best instructors. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to every instructor. And you can access Masterclass on your phone, your computer, your smart TV, even in audio modes. You can listen to it like a podcast. I know that when I watch Doris Kearns Goodwin, that first of all, I'm going to be getting fantastic information, that the production level is going to be incredible. And then I'm going to walk away feeling smarter and more informed than I was before. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com slash Sharon. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Sharon. Masterclass.com slash Sharon. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress in our life. Absolutely. It's unavoidable. It's just part of the human experience. But some of us have more than others, and some of us handle it better than others. Some of us really keep it bottled up, and it can start to affect us negatively. I would imagine at some point in your life, you can relate to this, right? And therapy is a safe space to be able to get some of these things off your chest. And that is why so many people find benefit in speaking to a qualified professional. If you're thinking about starting therapy for something like managing your stress, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Sharon today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Sharon. Going back to why Ohio predicts the presidency. Okay. So one of the other reasons Ohio has been so great at predicting presidential elections is this sort of um, gradual organic expansion of Ohio. It did not have this massive population boom of places Mm. where you had gold was being discovered. You know what I mean? It was the, the growth of Ohio was much more organic. People who Mm. came to Ohio tended to stay in Ohio. They didn't just like quickly move to Colorado, see if they could strike it rich and then take off. So other states had much more widely varying, like huge swings in their population of who is living here and 
Ohio has tended to have more slow, steady growth over Mm -hmm. time. That is more organic than some other, than some other places. So So, like the industrial revolution, I mean, is this growing? It's a big industry. I just drove through Dayton last weekend, actually. So it's like big industry. Yeah. Cities. Yes. Thinking factories and things. Yeah, exactly. Large industri- industrial regions mixed with a healthy number of rural regions. Okay. And there are a lot of wow. states that don't have that. Even Minnesota is, even though we have a large population center in the Twin Cities, the rest of the state is extremely rural. Yeah. So it, it Ohio has a much larger mixture of big cities, medium cities, rural areas than many other states do. That's so interesting. Isn't that so interesting? Ohio has a huge variety of industries too. It has energy companies, insurers, banks, manufacturing, retailers. It has a large nonprofit sector. It has Hmm. um, lots of universities. It has hospitals big research clinics. So all of these things make mm-hmm. for a mixture of blue collar workers, mm-hmm. farmers, mm-hmm. people that work in private industry, the medical field, all these things help make Ohio d- demographically diverse enough that it doesn't reliably swing one way or the other. And as Ohio goes, so goes the rest of the nation most of the time. Interesting. And again, because there is that diversity of skills and beliefs and backgrounds, it speaks to that idea that people who settle in Ohio tend to remain there because they can find a community that is similar to them. You're Mm. not perpetually an outsider because if you are a metal worker, there's people in Ohio that are, that do the same, right? If you're a physician, you have other great medical colleagues there. You tend to find community, which is very important for humans. <laughs> turns out, we need that. <laughs> turns out, turns out humans are like that. Um, and so they tend to stay. So let me tell you why researchers think Ohio did not predict the 2020 election accurately. Okay. So Joe Biden won the, won the election, but Donald Trump mm-hmm. won Ohio, right? One of the reasons is the changing demographics of Ohio. All states will have changing demographics. That's just the way it goes. But Ohio is tending to get older. So this is a quote from Suzanne Kunkel, who is the executive director of the Scripps Gerontology Center. Hmm. She says, Ohio has had some mostly net out migration. So we're losing people who are leaving the state for better job prospects. But then people who are staying tend to be getting older. Again, people who settled there tend Mm -hmm. to stay there. It now has the sixth oldest population in the United States. Okay. So it has also lost an electoral vote. And now in 2024, it's losing another electoral vote. Wow. One of the things that is interesting about electoral votes that I think a lot of people don't understand is that you can gain population and lose an electoral vote. All states who lost an electoral vote in the most recent redistricting have gained population, but they're losing an electoral vote. And that's because there's a a formula to determine how many electoral votes each state will get. And so you, I'm, I'm really like, I'm, I'm trying to make that make sense in my head. You're, you're right. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. So for example, we only have a set number of electoral votes, right? The number of electoral votes is that like 538 electoral votes corresponds to the number of people in Congress. 
Right. And so we would need to change the number of representatives in the house in order to have a different number of electoral votes available. And we haven't done that in decades and decades and decades and decades. So if we ever added more representatives, then the number of electoral votes would change. You can actually look up the formula. There's a whole mathematical process determining how many each state will get. And it's done in rounds where it's like, okay, this state meets the criteria. They're going to get another one. Now we're going to go back through the states, see how many people get a second person. Okay, great. So some states stick with one. Then we're going to go through another round and see how many states get three and four. And it it just keeps going up and up Hmm. depending on the actual trends of how the country as a whole has settled. So just because Ohio's population has increased slightly, it doesn't mean that they get more. They're actually getting less. Wow. (laughs) Because others are getting even more. Yes, that's right. Okay. So because Ohio's population is aging, its demographic trends are moving towards being more white and its demographic trends are be, are moving towards being less educated than the nation as a whole. Hmm. So this is not to say, oh, people from Ohio are not well-educated or, you know, anything like that. This is just like a shifting demographic trend. Sure. And a majority of those older voters in the state of Ohio supported Trump. 56% Mm -hmm. of them voted for Donald Trump. So when you have that larger number of older voters and they tend to strongly support one candidate, Mm -hmm. that is how Trump won the election in Ohio, but didn't win the presidency as a whole. Mm. And one Republican strategist, Mark Weaver said, the bellwether has been unrung. Oh, Ohio, like most states, changes over time, and those changes have political impacts. So it will be very interesting to see in 2024 um, what happens with Ohio. Listen, I know if you pick up any kind of beauty magazine or you follow an influencer, there's like a new skincare product every single day of the week, and it can be really difficult to know which ones to even try, like which one is worth your money. And if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, you might be excited to know that one of today's sponsors is OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy. No complicated routines, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. The secret is OneSkin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. I especially like the eye cream. It's not too thick where you feel like it's going to clog all your pores, but it goes on really, really nicely under makeup. For a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase using the code SHARON when you check out at oneskin.co. That's O-N-E-S-K-I-N dot C-O. Try one skin and enjoy younger, healthier skin without all the extra steps. That's oneskin.co, code Sharon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I have to give you a couple other little Ohio fun facts related to presidents. Because Ohio and Virginia like to fight about which state is actually the mother of presidents. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Depending on how you want to measure things, it's either Ohio or Virginia. So each state, Ohio and Virginia has had either seven or eight presidents come from it. And there's one president that was born in Virginia, but then moved to Ohio and was elected while living in Ohio. And Ohio likes to claim William Henry Harrison (laughs) as their own. And Virginia's like, but he was born here. (laughs) He's ours. So again, depending on how you want to count things, these are the presidents uh, that came from Ohio. So Ulysses S. Grant, Rutherford B. Hayes, James Garfield, Benjamin Harrison, William McKinley, William Taft. And Warren Harding. Isn't that interesting? Again, it speaks to this idea that people who move there tend to stay there. And it also speaks to the idea that they were- You should move to another state before you run for president. (laughs) So you can get your turn. (laughs) That they're a microcosm of the country as a whole. So um, I also think it's interesting that four of the eight or four of the seven presidents from Ohio died in office. So for example, I did an episode um, called president of the month that talks about Harrison, who was only in office for a super, super short time. He Uh died very shortly after uh, taking office. Uh James Garfield was assassinated in office. He was (laughs) shot. He was shot at a railway station in Washington, DC and died 79 days later as a result of what would absolutely be defined today as medical malpractice. 100%. Really? really? Shot. He, he absolutely could have recovered if he had had access to modern medical treatment. The fact that he lived 79 days speaks to that, right? You know, like, right, right, right. Right. Like 79 days in the 1880s, he definitely could have recovered in 2021, but he had, you know, a bullet wound that doctors were kind of obsessed with probing. They were obsessed with like sticking their fingers in there to see yeah. like what they could feel. And they absolutely introduced massive amounts of infection. He ended up dying. Say, so like sepsis. Yes. He died from yeah. sepsis. And by the way, his physicians um, were not disciples of European physicians who were beginning to promote this idea of hand hygiene of like, there's mm-hmm. bad stuff on your hands that you should <laughs> wash off before you Stick your fingers in a bullet wound. <laughs> Revolutionary. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were not proponents of that theory yet. Like that had not 
didn't have a stranglehold on medicine like right, right, right. today. Um, and so they spent so much time subjecting poor James oh, Garfield to God. terrible medical treatments that he died 79 days after being shot. William McKinley died 20 years later, was assassinated 20 years later um, at the Temple of Music, which was like a fair exhibit in Buffalo, New York. He was assassinated in office. Warren Harding, who is one of the presidents that I find so interesting. I will definitely be doing an episode on Warren Harding in the future because Hmm. I, he's one of those people that you're like, are you kidding me? (laughs) That's my reaction to Warren Harding all the time. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I won't go into all the reasons that I will say that about him, but he was my goodness, he was president during prohibition and he was having like alcohol soaked parties at the white house while it was illegal to drink alcohol. (laughs) You make us all feel better that this isn't the worst it's ever been. I mean, you always make (laughs) us feel better. (laughs) He's out there having parties. He had mistresses Mm -hmm. that he would sneak into the white house Mm -hmm. and have encounters with in closets in the white house romantic while his wife was upstairs (laughs) you know what I mean just things where you're like are you kidding me that's that's my reaction (laughs) to to almost everything I learned about Warren Harding his entire campaign slogan was a return to normalcy (laughs) but like what does that mean what does that mean Warren Harding (laughs) what was your normal that you want to keep the normal we all want that's right. What <laughs> define normal? You know, like he didn't actually have any uh, real goals for his presidency. He didn't really have any like, here are the things that I will for sure be accomplishing. And then, of course, after he let, he died in office while he was on a tour in San Francisco, and you know, a couple of years into his presidency, and then after he died, it came out you know like tons of corruption scandals, wow. not related to the alcohol or the women. Mm. oh good okay separate separate (laughs) Separate corruption yeah we all knew about those they were in the open okay (laughs) wow oh good times good times uh yeah yes I also um have to tell you just about the first ladies that are from that were from Ohio because there were a bunch of those too so Mm -hmm. Lucy Webb Hayes Rutherford B Hayes's wife was from Mm -hmm. Ohio um Lucretia Garfield was from Ohio Caroline Harrison was from Ohio Ida McKinley Helen Taft and Florence Harding they were all from Ohio too I just think it's so interesting that so many people came from Ohio especially you can you can understand Virginia more Absolutely. Right, because Virginia is a col- original colony. It's one of the largest states. It's one of them at the time, one of the most wealthy states. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes complete sense. Totally. But then Ohio is a little bit more like interesting. Huh. Like all of you came from Ohio. Huh. I really did not know that before today. I knew about Virginia. I didn't know about Ohio. Yeah. But I'm gonna so, have to say, I'm gonna have to say that they must have eight because we claim James K. Polk here in Tennessee, and he was not born here. <laughs> historians can duke it out about whether it's (laughs) where you were elected from or where you were born right yes that's so interesting oh Ohio what an interesting what an interesting place and I'm sorry about your husband's rivalry sports rivalry no we're 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 very happy I mean we're going (laughs) 
we're going to the national playoffs. So the national <laughs> football playoffs. So it's a good year to talk about yes. it. <laughs> it's a good year to talk about Ohio. That's right. Oh, uh, well, I would love to hear more about the work that you do. Cause I think it is absolutely worth discussing. And I really think listeners need to hear about it. Tell us more about it. Sure. I really shifted professional goals uh, right out of college. I, I actually taught fourth grade for a little while and loved that, but decided that I knew that we were moving overseas. I had always wanted to work internationally and I didn't want to screw it up. <laughs> I had seen I had seen Western work done in the developing world where we were just trying to create many versions of ourselves everywhere. And mm. this was, I mean, obviously post-colonialism, but colonialism has changed forms. So what would it look like for us to go into a country um, that was still in the developing world and leave less of a splash, right? So Mm. entering that culture authentically and creatively and and just receiving that culture to Mm. to learn from it as well. So I, I went back to grad school at Clemson to learn more about international development and ended up finally studying human trafficking patterns in the region. So I, I studied Thailand specifically and nonprofit organizations there. And so today I am still researching different types of phenomena around human trafficking, specifically in how we can be better employers of mm. survivors of trauma and abuse and mm. what kind of workplace policies we can put in place to create a, a better livelihood for mm. those who are exiting out of traumatic situations. Mm. So that's the bulk of my research now. And uh, I, yeah, I love teaching. I teach business ethics. So how can the private sector be a better place for those of us who all want a good job to actually mm. live and work and bring money home to support our families to be a thriving society? You are absolutely one of the people that if I, I am not an expert at all in international human trafficking, I know that it's heartbreaking, but I, I have not dedicated years of my life to studying it and working within the developing world. Like you have, you are one of the people that I absolutely refer people to in that space. And I especially love how your goal, when you are sharing information or working overseas is like you were saying, it, this is not about holding ourselves up as like, listen, mm-hmm. we figured out all the things. And so <laughs> you should now just emulate all the things we're doing. Cause we figured out all the things. <laughs> right. Um, right. <laughs> I love to tell my students it, it bursts the bubble of most Americans, but we are not even on the top 10 of hardly any human development indices that have been studied by the UN or any of these development organizations. So we're like, there are 15, 16 other countries that are doing things better than us. So we, we would do well to maybe study some other countries ourselves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Well, I have reviewed some of the highlights that you have saved on your Instagram profile about trafficking in the developing Mm -hmm. world. Like I have watched those multiple times, links from other people. Thank you. And I just found them extremely informative. And it's, it's not just about like, well, human trafficking is bad and we shouldn't do it anymore. That's, that is obviously true, but talking about some of the actual causes behind it and what kinds of things are helpful and, and not hurtful because Mm. sometimes outside action can harm communities if it's not done in an appropriate way. Right. 
Yeah, that's that's true. And so the the raids that we see on videos and movies, the the busting up of brothels, that's great for Hollywood. It's terrible for practical action most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we what most of us don't realize in our cultural context in the United States is that there are deeper values in countries around the world where the ability to make money and share resources back to your family is important. There's a phrase in Thai called boon kun, and it really means paying back your mother's breast milk. And mm-hmm. for girls, that is that is the ultimate responsibility as mm-hmm. to, for the rest of your life, you pay back your parents for the life that you were given. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to change a cultural value like that um, <laughs> by trying to come in and claim rescue and protection for everyone. So I found that survivors especially need to have a voice and need to have a say in the way that they are being protected, which is not always the case that we take when we're working cross-culturally. Mm, mm, that's such a good point. If it was as easy as just like, we're going to change a cultural value, uh, we would have eliminated racism a long time ago. Right. right? Like right. there's a mm-hmm. lot of things that we could have, ju- if we had the ability to just be like, cross that off the list of bad yeah. ideas. Like if that was an actual ability that humans or Americans had, the world would be a very different place. It's in some ways an arrogance to think that we can just come in, put a stamp on things and say mm-hmm. like, we fixed it. We mm-hmm. fix that value, that underlying value system. Right. You can make a lot of money. You can make millions of dollars selling a great documentary or movie about it, but that doesn't mm. mean that it's true or good. <laughs> Interesting. Such a good point. Tell people where they can find you because I really think they need to check out your profile and your work on this topic. Well, thank you, Sharon. I'm on Instagram mostly. Uh, my handle is at upwardly dependent and been that for a while it's kind of become I don't want to be married to my handle but (laughs) that's it that's been what it is so upwardly dependent on Instagram that's where I am almost Mm. always so Mm. thank you thank you for doing this this was really fun yeah I love learning from you and I feel like I was just furiously taking notes like I was in your classroom (laughs) so (laughs) thank Thank you Thank you so much for listening to the Sharon Says So podcast. I am truly grateful for you. And I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast or maybe leave me a rating or a review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All of those things help podcasters out so much. I cannot wait to have another mind blown moment with you next episode. Thanks again for listening to the Sharon Says So podcast.